Yeah, you know what time it is. It is time for the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. After I spent about two days on uh, shootings and Second Amendment stuff, I'm going to get back to running the gamut of a bunch of stories that I've not gotten a chance to get to. First up, Durham. Does everybody remember him with that big fuzzy goatee? The one that was supposed to be going after the Russiagate conspiratists? Well, Clinton Incorporated formed joint venture of co-conspirators to smear Trump. That's according to Durham. Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign researchers tried to dig up dirt on the Trump campaign, and they should be considered as co-conspirators, and this is from Just the News, as they're reporting. Durham has just shown the whole world what major pieces of Russiagate investigations has revealed, said former House Intel Committee GOP investigative counsel Cash Patel, Hard evidence, emails, text messages showing the Clinton campaign, Fusion, GPS, Perkins, Coey, Jaffa, and the media were all synced in August of 2016, pushing the false Alpha Bank server story, which also all working on the Steele dossier matter. The existence of the text message between Sussman, who was the campaign lawyer for Clinton, and then FBI General Counsel James Baker, was revealed in court filings on Monday night. With uh, or by Durham's team. Prosecutors said that they intend to show Sussman gave false stories to the FBI, but then told the truth about working on behalf of the Clinton campaign when he later testified to Congress. Oh, a fibber. Jim, this is the text message. It's Michael Sussman. I have something time-sensitive and sensitive I need to discuss. Uh, Sussman texted Baker on September 18th of 2016. Do you have availability for a short meeting tomorrow? I'm coming on my own, not behalf of any client or company, I want to help the Bureau. Well, he turns out to be a major fibber. He can't lie enough. And according to Durham, the defendant lied in that meeting. However, he falsely stated to the general counsel that he was not providing allegations to the FBI on behalf of any client, when in fact the defendant had assembled and conveyed the allegations to the FBI on behalf of at least two specific clients, Technology Executive 1, U.S.-based internet company 1, and the Clinton campaign. So this is a very, very bad precedent, and I would not want to be Mr. Sussman. Everybody thought Durham was going to start unleashing an avalanche of nonsense when it came to the Hillary Clinton campaign, the Russiagate nonsense, the Ukraine-gate nonsense, all of that. And Durham has been relatively quiet. In fact, so quiet... We almost forgot about him. But I suspect that maybe Durham will start rearing his head and actually produce something substantive uh, closer to the 2024 election cycle because why would you start releasing this information now when Democrats would have an opportunity to counter it before the presidential election cycle starts, really starts? So hopefully he's sitting on it until an opportune moment to really hurt the Democrats and Clinton and Obama. Uh, But who knows? I I suspect he's just as dirty as the rest of them. And the more fallout from this mass shooter nonsense, um, because now you have assholes from Arizona acting the fool. Arizona governor's press secretary resigns, thankfully, amid outrage after calling for violence against transphobes. And what did she do? She replied to a comment, and the tweet that she wrote was, us when we see transphobes, and it was a gif of some 
woman holding two pistols. In other words, she's implying that whenever she runs across, and her name is Jocelyn Berry, whenever she runs across somebody that is critical of the trans movement, she considers them transphobes and has no hesitancy in shooting either of them, either pistol, at the supposed transphobe. Now, do we really want somebody like that to be the press secretary to the newly elected Arizona governor, Katie Hobbs? Are we surprised that somebody like that would be on Katie Hobbs' team? Absolutely not. How could you possibly make light of a situation like that by saying, oh, us when we see transphobes? Now, the other part of this that nobody is bringing up is that there was the Trans Day of Vengeance, and Jocelyn Berry posted that around the same time, I think, in fact, the same day, as the Trans Day of Vengeance. What are they vengeful against? What are they fighting against, right? Nobody seems to know the answer to those questions. It's, it's like the hashtag resist when Donald Trump was president. What exactly are you resisting? Uh, intelligence, uh, critical thinking, could it, could it be that? That's what you're resisting? Same nonsense here. Now, here's the funny part. Jocelyn Berry, uh, her handle is at Joss, J-O-S-S underscore Berry, B-E-R-R-Y, uh, over on Twitter. Uh, her account is fine. Her account has not been suspended. She locked it down, uh, but it's still there. I mean, it, it's not suspended for a month, for 12 hours, whatever it is for basically calling for violence against people she considers to be transphobes. Why were our conservatives being ostracized and booted off Twitter just like the old days? This week, many, many conservative voices on Twitter have been kicked off and banned for no reason other than calling out the utter hypocrisy that the trans movement and the Democrats have been trying to shove down our throats when it comes to, oh, equal rights. Oh, we need equity. And guess what? Oh, this, it's not the trans person's fault that, uh, that, that they went haywire and started to shoot people and shoot three six-year-olds, oh no, uh, what was it? Three nine-year-olds and three 60-some-odd-year-olds. I hope you all get the numerology in that, right? Shot three nine-year-olds, nine, nine, nine. Shot three 60-some-odd-year-olds, six, six, six. The address at the place was 33, 33 degrees in masonry. Uh, the supposed amount of teachers at this school, 33. I mean, so the, the parallels keep continuing and piling up. So uh, you have to do your due diligence on that. Uh, but hopefully we'll get to the bottom of this. I don't think we will. And uh, we'll finally get some headway in some direction and hold these assholes accountable, especially those in Arizona who stole the election. Trump grand jury finally takes a one-month break because they have been given potential evidence to say, hey, guess what? This isn't a real case. This is just going against Donald Trump. And the New York grand jury hearing evidence and the hush money probe has not been scheduled to meet until late April. So they've got a whole month to try to concoct some other line of BS. And they had, uh, where was this? Oh, on Epic Times, uh, the attorney for former, no, in former President Donald Trump's orbit testified in front of the Manhattan Grand Jury the other day in front of Alan Bragg uh, Costello 
because he was the former Cohen, Michael Cohen attorney. Michael Cohen was what uh, A.G. Bragg decided to hinge this whole case upon, and he failed miserably because Michael Cohen is anything but honest. And uh, Mr. Costello said, well, I think I got through to them because Monday, I understand, they called back another witness by the name of David Pecker, who used to run the National Enquirer. Uh, basically, what they're doing is really gerrymandering this. And Costello said he had represented Cohen himself, a Trump, former Trump lawyer, and told reporters last week that he does not believe Cohen is a credible witness. So something happened, and I think Trump, I think Trump had the suspicion that he was going to be indicted, so he tried to get ahead of the story by releasing those two documents that I talked about, one from Stormy Daniels and another from uh, one of Michael Cohen's legal representatives, if I re remember that correctly. Uh, so instead of actually waiting for the indictment, Trump just came out and released those documents to get ahead of it and utterly defused the whole situation. And another situation that has been completely diffused is now that Russia and China are really starting to blend and really starting to create an alternative financial system to the West, so much so that France has now said, oh, we want to talk to China about trading in the yuan. Brazil came out and said, oh, we want to talk to China that uh, we want to start trading in the yuan instead of the U.S. dollar because we don't trust the United States anymore. Those are huge, huge developments because now you're starting to see BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and BRICS Plus, and many other countries, they are all saying FU to the EU and FU to the United States. We are now moving towards China. Now, that's going to be a double-edged sword, right? You're never going to get something that is going to be completely democratic and free if you're using China as your role model. However, the way the West has been going it hasn't been much better. Look at all of these bills that are going into, uh, or that Biden is trying to pass, right? Or the Congress is trying to pass. Look at what's been going on. I mean, we've seen nothing but fascistic policies time and time again since 2020 with the COVID nonsense. And then the mandates, masks and vaccines and otherwise. And then you've got over $100 billion funding neo-Nazis and legitimate Nazis in the Ukraine it's all fascism and the Green New Deal and all of that. And now you had, uh, what's his face? The lantern-jawed uh, yokel, uh, John Kerry. He was out there saying, oh, well, expect to see executive orders coming down the pipe uh, because uh, this climate change deal is an existential threat. And Janet Yellen echoed those same words by saying, oh, climate change is an existential threat. Is it, sweetheart? Is it really? Because if you're going to talk about climate change, then we should really talk about chemtrails. Because where I live, they were blanketing the skies with that nonsense. By the way, those planes that spray whatever it is above me do not show up on any flight tracker app. So my question would be, is this state, is this federal, is this, what, Air Force, CIA, Army, Naval, uh, are these contractors, what are they? Because they're clearly flying, they're clearly spraying something that aren't contrails, they're chemtrails, and they don't show up anywhere. So who do they belong to? Anyway, John Kerry came out and said, you're going to start to see more restrictions on automobiles and trucks 
through executive orders to reinforce that they want to be carbon neutral. Um, look out for more infringements upon your freedoms, more smart cities, smart cars, smart towns, smart homes, all of that. You have to stop it and you have to stop it now because the ultimate goal is central banking digital currency, which controls everything. I've gone through that time and again. I'm not going to go through it again now. But fizzling out in the face of opposition is none other than the United States Air Force because they have abandoned Lockheed Martin's bid for hypersonic weapons because their latest test flopped big time. The Air Force doesn't currently intend to pursue follow-on procurement of this weapon known as the AGM-183A, Air Launched Rapid Response, acronym after acronym, nonsense after nonsense. So that is from breaking defense. And that means that China and Russia more than likely have a distinct advantage over the United States in one, defensive weapons, two, second strike weapons, three, first strike weapons. Because if they don't have, the United States doesn't have a hypersonic missile, and Russia and China do, then forget about it. They could attack any carrier group at any time. And they don't need a lot of missiles to do it. And there's really no defense against a hypersonic missile. The What really is a hypersonic missile? It's a missile that goes really effing fast. And Breaking Defense reported that the Lockheed Martin program might be in jeopardy, saying that uh, during testimony on the service's fiscal 2024 budget request this week, that the March 13th test was, quote-unquote, not a success. In other words, it flopped big time, and it don't work no more. It did work. I, I know there were some successful tests, but not anymore. Not anymore. And this is just another step towards a massive escalation, especially after Russia has decided to say enough is enough. We're no longer telling the United States what we are doing with our nuclear weapons. Specifically, we want to start storing these weapons in Belarus, and we're not going to tell you where and when we're going to do it. And we're not going to tell you what missiles and warheads are going to be moved and when and where they're going to be located. That's it. We're done. And so the United States, in response, said, well, we've decided to do likewise, not to share that data, said Mr. Kirby. We would prefer to be able to do that, but it requires them to be willing as well. Why would the Russians see the United States as a legitimate partner in de-escalation after what the United States has been doing for over a year by supplying weapons and God knows what else, especially money laundering, to literal Nazis in the Ukraine? And don't say, oh, there are no Nazis in the Ukraine. You can find plenty of pictures that there actually are Nazis in the Ukraine. And you can find documents from the CIA from the 50s and 60s that talks about fermenting a Nazi movement in the Ukraine. So this is nothing new. This kind of thing has been going on for literally decades. And the United States has been fostering exactly that kind of sentiment all that time with its support. So please, don't tell me that that's the real issue here. But furthermore, 
And this is where I think we're really starting to see the sudden shift in perspective and where the elites in the United States and the West want the public to be focused on. I brought up a couple of weeks ago that I think the Ukraine war is starting to wind down because you're starting to see cracks everywhere. The Russians aren't giving up. The Russians are steamrolling. They're, they're not doing blitzkriegs through the Ukraine. What they're doing is a war of attrition, and they are just carpeting any opposition with artillery, with drones, and everything else in their power. These, the Zelensky regime can't keep up with the ammunition that they want to expend. And the United States and everybody else that was dumping money into there, guess what? Most of that was laundered. A lot of these munitions and weapons were sold on the black market to organized crime, probably through Bitcoin and God knows what other kind of cryptocurrency. So were those weapons, was that $100 billion really going to support the war in the Ukraine? Or was that just laundered uh, back into the Democrats through FTX? Not FTX, uh, through uh, SBF uh, and Sam Bankman-Fried, right? And all of that nonsense, donating the, that money to the Democrats and so on and so forth. I think that you're starting to see this war turn. Number one, Zelensky is now admitting that the United States really needs to understand that if they stop helping us, we will not win. Right there, in that one sentence, he is admitting defeat. Admitting defeat. Speaking with the Associated Press, Zelensky, stooge and crossdresser, said that if Bakhmut were to fall, and that is currently the real big meat grinder scenario going up, if Zelensky had any sort of brains, he would withdraw from that town of Bakhmut and let Wagner take it over and just realign the defensive lines and try to take, or not even try to take, try to hold other ground instead of sending literal conscripts and children into there. Uh, and they have the last stat that I checked, their life expectancy in Bakhmut right now is about four hours. So if you show up at noon, you're probably dead by 4 p.m. that day. And this is what the Zelensky regime and the Nazis are doing. Anyway, speaking with the Associated Press, Zelensky said that if Bakhmut were to fall, Putin could sell this victory to the West, to a society, to China, to Iran, and use this as leverage to push for a ceasefire deal where Ukraine would have to agree to give up territory. If he will sell, oh no, if he will feel some blood, smell that we are weak, he will push and push and push. Our society is tired. Our society will push me to have compromise with them. It should have been done day one, dipshit. What are you doing? Stop placating these degenerates in the West. Enough is enough. You have to start being realistic about this situation. And no sized offensive is ever going to see the Crimea back in Ukrainian hands. It's not going to happen. Even American generals admit that will never, ever happen. So stop with it. Now that Zelensky is saying, uh, we're not going to be funded anymore because of people like Trump. And uh, we've got a real issue here. And my backers in the United States have literally put a gun to my head, so I can't even start negotiating with Putin. Now Zelensky, according to the Associated Press, 
wants to speak to Xi from China, especially after Xi visited Putin not so long ago. And coke-snorting, cross-dressing Zelensky said, we are ready to see him here. I want to speak with him. I had contact with him before full-scale war, but during all this year, more than one year, I didn't have. Yes, because everybody realized how much of a stooge and a loser you are, so nobody with any brain cells wants to talk to you. And you look like you're constantly coked up every time you have a media appearance. You're always sniffing, you're always fidgety, your eyes dart around, and you're constantly just moving. Like, just stay still for two seconds, you idiot. And you're, you're a C-list comedian, you were never funny, and I don't care who told you it was a good work, you should have never played anything on the piano with your penis. Go look that YouTube video up. It's a classic, and that's the leader of the vaunted democracy in the Ukraine. Zelensky, what a loser, what a jerk. Um, so, furthermore, now he is going to China. Why would he be going to China? The reason why he'd be going to China is because he cannot do the negotiating himself. He cannot talk to Putin because his Western backers will probably assassinate him, if I had to guess the way this stuff works. They would probably take him out one way or another. Another coup, a, they've got plenty of CIA running rampant all over the country, so who knows what kind of teams they have in there forcing him to act the way he's been acting. So what is he doing? He's calling to China because he wants China to broker the peace. He knows that they cannot win, and he knows that the West is just using him to fight against the Russians to try to create another 1980s Afghanistan situation for the Russians. That's what the West wants. So... Zelensky is now saying, I can't do this on my own. I need the Chinese to help me try to negotiate some peace because the Chinese are the only ones that are going to be able to push back against Europe and push back against the United States. That's what's really going on behind the scenes. He knows the, he knows the jig is up. And I wouldn't be surprised also if that peace proposal and that peace plan would involve Ukraine giving up all of the territories that the Russians have now obtained. I mean, all of those people voted to be part of the Federation anyway. So it's not like it was illegal. It, that's, they did a legal process under international law. It's just that the United States and the West are refusing to actually acknowledge international law, the ones that they tout every time somebody does something icky to them. So everything was done on the up and up with that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're starting to see that kind of dynamic behind the scenes. And finally, we have the Restrict Act in the United States. And it's supposed to be going after what TikTok is supposed to be doing. Now, TikTok, everyone is out there saying, oh, it's part of the Chinese government. Well, yeah, probably. But the real issue behind TikTok is that TikTok is a Chinese company. Chinese governments agencies are probably accessing all of the data that TikTok is soaking up. However, my suspicion is that TikTok and its parent company in China is not sharing that data with the United States government. So in other words, 
the U.S. government and the Biden admin would say, yeah, sure, we don't care what kind of data you soak up. The more, the better. Just as long as you share it with us. Just as long as we can dip, dip our beak into it. But the Chinese government is probably saying no. And the reason why I say that is because the government in the U.S. has no scruples about what kind of data is soaked up. Look at Google and Gmail and Google Maps. Look at Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and WhatsApp. They're constantly soaking up your data all the time, in real time, at any time. And the government has no problem with that. But TikTok, that's a problem? No. We can't let the United States, the Chinese government soak up all the data and not let us see it. That's what's really going on. However, Trojan horse situation. You've got utter dipshits like the disgusting Lindsey Gramnesty and Cuck Grassley and Mitt Romney and Susan Collins, all Republicans, all Republican senators supporting the Restrict Act. Now they're marketing it as something to go after TikTok and really clamp down on this Chinese spying. But, however, what you find out from the last refuge, in very specific terms, a lot of U.S. websites would be impacted. Why? Because a lot of websites use third-party plugins or widgets or software created in foreign countries. The Restrict Act gives the Director of National Intelligence the ability to tell a website using a foreign, any foreign content or software that might be engaged in platform communication the U.S. government views as against their interest to shut down or face criminal charges. In other words, if Twitter decides to use third-party plugins or widgets or softwares created in another country, the United States government can go up to Twitter and say, stop using that software or we will shut you down. Or we're going to give you a criminal charge and you must start paying the fine. Do you see how draconian that is? These idiots, these elites, have lost the narrative. And so why do I say that? Now you're looking at a more freer version of Twitter where people can actually express ideas and not worry as much of getting suspended and restricted and kicked off and banned from Twitter. You still have morons that do it, but you, you have a less of a chance of getting that result for posting something. Now the government wants to reclaim its lost territory by saying, if you don't obey what we have to say, and we and go along with our group think and say, oh no, this is a third party plugin from a foreign country. Uh, you either have to get rid of it or we're going to shut you down. Uh, that's draconian because they're trying to take over the narrative again. They don't want uh, websites and apps like Twitter, and Facebook to allow them to say whatever the public is saying, whatever citizen journalists are posting on there. The federal government fears citizen journalists. They don't want them. The narrative is shredded too quickly. In matters of minutes, it's shredded now. The Restrict Act also goes after people using virtual private networks, VPNs. If they're used to access, if they're used to, not used to, uh, access banned websites and directs the Secretary of Commerce to identify, deter, disrupt, prevent, prohibit, investigate, or otherwise mitigate that which is deemed a national security risk associated with tech linked to the above countries. So that is also a severe limitation on personal freedom because if you use a VPN, 
that means that, oh, oh, it could be that you are using uh, tech that a foreign adversary uses and we're going to shut you down. And hence, anyone using a VPN to access TikTok would be in trouble, specifically subject to up to a $1 million fine, 20 years in prison, or both. Now, these, this bill is supported by the idiots that I mentioned. Lindsey Gradnesty, Cuck Grassley, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, all, John Thune, all of those people that are supposed to be, oh, we're conservative, oh, we're partly rhinos. Those people are supporting more censorship. Those people should be drummed out of office and impeached because we are at the cusp of something fantastic where more truth and more awareness is going to come out, which ultimately means that more positive frequencies are starting to be emitted across the population because if certain if a certain percentage of a population all of a sudden realizes a certain fact, that means on a subconscious level, the rest of the population starts to understand what we lovable fuzzballs here at Fuzzball Nation already know. So you might not think we're fantastic, but we really are because we emit the frequencies of brilliance and intelligence. And that's going to be it for me. This is Chris Michaels for the Last Call podcast with the aforementioned Chris Michaels, lovable fuzzball, brilliant, intelligent, critical thinker, America's shock jock. And you know what to do. Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels and Last Call Caravan on every other social media platform that you love to hate.